good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well today? Yeah, good response. Got a little coffee this morning. Maybe had a little something to eat. Better than the first service. Wait, great, better, way better than the first service. I'm just looking at everybody, make sure you're awake, that kind of a deal. Just kind of scanning your souls right now. I'm just teasing. It is great to see you and great to have you here. And we're in this series, Protect This House. And so if you'll take your Bible and turn with, Matthew, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew, chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, uh, it's going to be on the screen when we get to it. But Matthew, chapter 5. And um, we, we started this series last week. We're going to continue it this week and in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and every time about this time of the year, uh, I basically kind of do a series that really kind of goes back to why we're here and what we're doing. And I think it's good um, to, to review those things. I think it's also, if you're in business, you've probably read Peter Drucker, The Effective Executive. And Drucker says that every business, regardless of scope or size, should always ask two questions. What's business and how's business? It's kind of a gut check. And for me, I think the why is important, because I think the why is the reason why you're here. It's the reason why I'm here. There's a lot of great churches in Metro Milwaukee. There's a lot of great places you could be. There's a lot of great preachers. Uh, there's a lot of great worship and, and environments and all of that, and, and, and this isn't a competition. But there's a lot of choices. So why are you here? What is it about Life Church? What is it? Well, I think this is the reason. I know it's why I'm here, and I think it's the reason why we're all here. It's not about a preacher. It's not about a program. It's not about a location. It's about this. We exist at Life Church to lead people to experience life change in Jesus. We exist at Life Church to lead people to experience life change in Jesus. What we know is this, and what we believe is this. It's real simple. Genesis 1:1, God created the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. We believe in a God that created this world, which means there's no accidents. There's not the, there may be things that we don't understand, there may be things we can't explain, but there's no just accidents. Verse 27 of chapter 1 says that God not only created the world, but he created us. And as we read throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we realize that we're wonderfully and fearfully made, that God has a great plan and a purpose for our life. And so, again, there's no accidents. God, in the book of Jeremiah, says that he's given every, every one of us a future and a hope. And we believe that. We believe every person has purpose. Every per person has value. Every person has meaning. And therefore, as a, as, a, as a congregation, we just want you to experience the life-changing Jesus that we've experienced. We believe, too, that, that God loved us so much that he gave, John 3, 16. For God so loved us that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in, in him would, not have ever, would have everlasting life and would not perish. We, we, we believe in a God that, that doesn't just, is not just somewhere up there, but that he loved us enough that he gave his one and only son for us. If there's only one way to get to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ the Son. And it's just real simple. We didn't write the book. We didn't write the gospel message, the good news, but that that's what it is. And that's what it's about. We believe that Jesus Christ is our salvation. That there's no other way, there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. And so Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that you and I, sinners, might become the righteousness of God. That doesn't make any sense in our physical limited world. But in God's, in God's word, he establishes that very, very, very simply. That salvation through Jesus Christ brings about life change. Therefore, you and I are just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. We're just simply people that believe that we exist to lead people to experience life change in Jesus the same way that we did. And we ultimately believe in what Jesus told the disciples. Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, is that we're to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. 
around the corner and around the world, the Great Commission, that we are to go, that that's our responsibility. And so in all of that, that's why we're here. That's why I think you're here. That's why we exist. And I just go back to that, and you may go, why are you so passionate? Because I think if we forget the why, the how and the what doesn't make any difference. If we forget the why, the how and the what doesn't make any difference. The strategies of how, they're all predicated upon the why. The the what, the, the weekend services, the programming, the ministry, the preaching, it's all based on the why. If we forget the why, forget the how, forget the what, the why is the most important. It's why we're here. It's why we come together. It's, it's our purpose. It's our reason. It's not because you don't have anything better to do with your time. It's not because you want to give up sunshine, especially in, 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 in Wisconsin. It's, it's not because you want to just, you have nothing better to do with your finances or to do with your time or your talent or your treasure. No, it's because we all come together and we simply believe that God loved us, that God created this world. He created every one of us, that, that we have value in the sight of God, that he loved us enough that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that we have all received that salvation. Therefore, we've received life change. And so what we're simply doing is going and inviting people. And last week, I talked about that. And I talked about we're inviting people to the table. And so instead of re-preaching that message, they have basically taken all of that masterpiece of a message, and they condensed it down to three minutes. Don't you wish that would happen every single weekend? (laughs) Don't say amen, that's going to hurt my feelings. But it's true. So what I want to do is instead of trying to recapsulate that, I'm just going to let this three-minute video just kind of bring us back. If you weren't here last week, this will bring you right up to speed. If you were here last week, it just kind of re-insulates this, and we get right into how this works in our life today. Check this out. I want to talk about this table for a few minutes. The church is a table where people come to be fed. The table is the church right here. This white table is the church, is, a ta- is where people come to be fed. We are then to present Christ hot and fresh every week. We're to present him to build the believer and serve the seeker. Build the believer and serve the seeker. So there's this table here that represents the church, and there's four seats. The first seat is the blue chair. This is what I call the food dude. This is where the, the, the person that is serving up the bread of life hot and fresh is the pastor. This is the minister, it's the campus pastor, it's whoever's presenting the word that weekend. They're sitting in this seat. If you've been around here for a while, you know what this is. This is the center chair. It's red like the devil, hot like you're going to hell. Now look, if you're sitting in this chair, you know. You don't need anybody else to point this out. You know you're, you're junk. You know all how messed up you are. But a healthy church should have people that are sitting in this seat. If you don't have people that are far away from God coming to your weekend gatherings and coming to the church, coming to being a part, something's wrong. The green chair is the newbie. They're people that are brand new to their faith in Jesus Christ, or they're brand new to Life Church, to the faith community. So you got the center chair, you got the, the, the new chair, and then you got the gold chair. This is the mature Christ follower. You get to be right here next to the, to, to the person that's new in their faith so that, so that when they have questions, you can lean over and say, let me help you where to find that. And the goal for you is to see as many people come to this chair and move to this chair. And we link arms together, and that's what we're constantly doing. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work and develop, and we begin to develop it so that it comes right around, so that this is the ultimate seat. It's not about saint or sinner or those that are in between. It's, a, it's about both, both and. That's what the table's about. That's what it's all about. Now, there's one seat that you won't find at the table. Brett, will you help me just real quick? You you don't see this at the table. Because a high chair, now let me help you understand what I mean by this on a high chair. A high chair has babies in it because a baby's not mature enough to be able to sit at any one of these seats. 
It's not that they can't grow and develop. They just don't want to get onto the meat of God's word. They want to stay on the milk. They refuse to involve themselves with the ministry of other people. They refuse to go around the corner and go around the world. They refuse to do what God's word says. But the, but the problem with this is that as the food dude, I'm here serving another bread of life hot and fresh to, to, to build the believer and serve the seeker. And then when the baby begins to cry, I got to turn my back on these people over here and I got to get over here and I got to feed baby. I sat in this chair because at Life Church, we don't deal with this. At Life Church, we reach this chair. At Life Church, we grow and develop this chair. At Life Church, I get to link hands with some of the most mature Christ followers I have ever met. And at Life Church, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is served up hot and fresh every single week. So my question to you today is simply this. What seat are you setting in? So I began this message today with that question. Which seat are you sitting in? Are you in the red chair today? Are you in the green chair today? Are you in the gold chair today? Which seat are you sitting in? I just want you to, I left that last week and I want to talk today about that. And the reason why is because I want to challenge you today to change seats. I want to challenge you today to change seats. And I want to share with you how you change seats. Because in order to change seats, it's going to require you to give. In order to change seats, it's going to require you to give. To go from the red chair to the green chair, the green chair to the gold chair, to stay in the gold chair, it's going to require you to give. What do you mean? I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about time. I'm not just talking about your, your talent. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about your, 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 your mindset and what you do. Because what happens sometimes is if we're not careful, we just tell people that are sitting in the red chair, all you need to do is just repeat after me, say these words. And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like it's some incantation. It's like it's just some magical formula. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you are saved. It's that simple. Salvation does not rest upon you, upon your works. You can't work to gain your salvation. It's, by, it's through faith that we're saved. It's by the grace of God. So that, that's how this happens. And you just simply choose, do I want to go from being a sinner? Do I want to go from being lost in my sins? Do I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life, that no man gets to the Father but through him? Do I want to invite him to come into my heart and my life? Do I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth? It's a choice. It's a decision that you make. But understand this. This isn't some upgrade like heated seats in a car. Ah, this is just kind of convenient. You know, I'll just take a little bit of Jesus. That's the problem with our world that we live in. And if you're sitting here, you're going, man, I need some time to think about that. That's smart. Because Jesus, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of what he talks about today, about the give up. It means you're going to give up yourself. You've got to be willing to crucify your own self, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. That could, that's, that's a big request. That, that's a, something to think about. And so, again, coming into faith and sal with salvation with Jesus Christ is very simple. It's very easy. But as you choose to move from this seat... To the green chair, all of a sudden, man, that decision to move here, that takes something. Because you are giving up your rights. You're giving up your preferences. You're giving up you. And we'll talk about it a little bit today. There are things in the Bible I don't like. I don't know about you, but there are certain scriptures I just wish weren't there. And we're going to talk about one here in just a minute. And we all have things that we want. Ouch, man, that hurts. Oh, man, that's going to, man, I'm really going to, I'm really, I'm going to have to give up of me. Because to go from here to here, yes. The power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells within you. Hope and salvation dwells in you. All these things are happening in your life. But the reality is, 
is that now you're in this seat. And what it means to sit in this seat is that you're going to begin to get in God's word. You're going to begin to change your lifestyle and let the Holy Spirit. But you're going to have to make some choices and some decisions. Because now the power of God is in you, which means you have the ability to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't develop the fruit for you. You have to choose to develop the fruit. It's kind of like you having an apple tree planted in your backyard. You're going to have to water it and grow it and develop it and prune it. And you may have to put some insecticide on it. You may have to, you, it gets invaded with some type of a, of, 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 a, of a poisonous way that's beginning to destroy the, the, the tree. You've got to make sure the roots are good and the fruit is good. You've got to pick the fruit in right season. You've got to do all those things. You've got to take care of it. You have to develop it. So the same is true of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, Peace, patience, gentleness, kind, those don't come easy. You know why that's tough? Because it's fruit. You have to develop it. And those are some of the give-ups that you're talking about to sit in that seat. And then to go from this seat to this seat, there's a big give-up. Because you're having to make some decisions to go, hey, man, do I really want to just, you know, like put my roots down here? Do I, do I want to bring the tithe, 10% of my income? Do I want to do I, do, do I really serve and, and not just show up and, and be in a ministry, but really serve, maybe lead in a ministry? Do I, do I want to take time to, to be in a life group? Do I really want to link arms with Pastor Aaron and, and, and go, church is not about me. And so it's not going to be about my convenience or my schedule. It's going to be about I'm doing this because this is how we're going to grow the kingdom. This is what we're going to do together. And because that's what it means to sit in this chair. See, I believe there should be a third of the people that attend in a weekend service that are sinners that are far away from God. I believe that a healthy church should have a third of its people that are brand new to its faith or faith community. But I also know that in order for us to be the church that we're called to be, I've got to have a third of you that are willing to take the sacrifices to sit in this seat. And understand something, that church is never going to be about you. Church is about people far away from God and people that are new in their faith. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to serve you. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to help you. But it means there's going to be messages like this weekend that you already get this. And so all this does is affirm what you already know. But you're okay with that because you understand I got people that are far away from God in the room. You understand there are people that are brand new in their faith in the room. You get it. And so changing your seats are going to require you to give. And Jesus talks about the give up that I call it, the give up to follow him. And Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, he's new into, into the ministry, into his public ministry. People are beginning to follow him. Him, and he makes some pretty radical statements. Look at chapter 5, verse 38. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's the Old Testament. That's the law. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. For if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, then hand your coat over as well. And anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to one who asks. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. For you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the law, Old Testament, verse 44. But Jesus says, but I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now let me help you with this. Jesus is replacing a law with an attitude. The Old Testament, the law, he's replacing it with an attitude. Verse 38, if you live, if you, if, if, here's, here's what the law says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Verse 43 says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. It's, that's the law. And he's saying, look, let's go beyond that. Let's go beyond checking the box externally. This is not about like, I'm in a life group, I'm bringing the tithe, uh, I'm serving in the ministry, I'm a regular church attender, great, I get you know, a, a gold star and a box of Mars bars. I mean, I'm like, no, 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 this is beyond all that. This goes from out here to in here. 
Why does he go from the external to the internal? Because the internal is what drives the external. Every day of the week, the internal always drives the external. You make decisions in your heart before they ever come out in your life. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Everything that happens in the external in your world and the physical in your world always begins in the heart. And Jesus knows if your heart's right, then your actions are going to be right. If your heart's right, then the externals are going to be right. And so let's don't just try to worry about the externals. This is what people do. You're sitting in the red chair and you're thinking, hey, man, I, I got to do this and this and this. And don't, don't, don't think about that. Don't think about, man, I got to read the Bible and I got to do this if I'm going to be a Christian. Or you're, you're in the green chair and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to have to have to sit there and, and I now need to do this and do this and do this. No, 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 no. It's a add to the heart. Because if the heart is right, then the actions that come and that emanate from that will be correct. And so the attitude Jesus is talking about here is servanthood. And he talks about this, servanthood, servanthood, servanthood. But every one of these things require you to give something of yourself. Some of it's your stuff, some of it's your money, some of it's it, but it requires of you to give, 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 give. Isn't that interesting? That's what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying you need to pray more. He's not saying you need to have more spiritual disciplines. He's not saying you should be at the synagogue. That's where they went in the first century more. He's saying, no, you need to give of yourself, give of yourself, give of yourself, give of yourself. If you're going to follow me, you have to give of yourself. If you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. That's what it means to sit at the table. You will only, or excuse me, you will never be affected if you only do what's required. If you, you will never be effective in your life as a Christ follower if you only do what's required. If you just try to do the bare minimum to get where you got to go, just to try to get, get out of hell and get into heaven, it's not what this is about. It's about all in. This is it. I have decided. Remember that old song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. This isn't an add-on. This isn't an upgrade. This isn't, hey, you know what? I'll have sprinkles on top of my ice cream. This is not one of those kind of conversations, right? This isn't cheese and bacon on, on a burger. This is the whole enchilada. This is the whole meal. This is the whole deal. And I would much rather hear me correctly on this. If you're going to quote me, quote me right. You sit in this chair and decide not to move to the green chair because you're not willing to make a decision to follow Jesus than for you to play games with God and with me and with everybody else and move seats. Why? Because it's a farce. I'm not your judge. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. This is not about perfection. This is about choice. This is not going from, listen, coming to faith in Jesus Christ is not about being perfect. He is perfect. We are not. Our righteousness is as the filthy rags on the side of a holy God. But it's a choice that I'm going to reduce myself. I'm going to decrease so that he can increase. I'm willing to give up palms out, whatever you want, wherever it is. God, I'm here. I'm yours. I have decided to follow Jesus. It's not about perfection. It's about an attitude of servanthood. And, and Jesus is talking about what I would call the second mile lifestyle in this. Because, again, we're going to hit with one of these uh, and, and one of the, the, the attitudes to replace the law. In the first century, Jerusalem was under Roman occupancy. And the Roman occupancy, part of the laws of Rome, is, it, is that if a Roman soldier saw you and said, Hey, I want you, Stan, I need you to come and take, take my stuff and take my gear and I want you to go. You're required by Roman law to move it for one mile. Not 1.1, not 1.2, not 1.5, but one mile. That was what you required. And at the end of that mile, you could put it down and he could get someone else. But for that one mile, Stan's got to take the stuff and he's got to move it and do it. And here's what's happening. Jesus says, don't just go one mile, go two. 
Take it to a whole nother level. Serve people that don't have your best interest. Serve people that have not the ability to give to you. Serve people that are hostile towards you and towards your cause. Be, be, ha, be soft on the edges and firm in the center. But you have to make this decision, Jesus said. If you're going to follow me, here's some give-ups. And again, I ask you the question, what seat are you setting in? You have to know that because there's give-ups in every one of these seats. To go from, from center to a Christ follower, from, an early, from a new Christ follower to a mature Christ follower, to stay in the seat of a Christ follower. How many of you know it's sometimes easier to climb the mountain than to stay on the mountaintop? You ever played King of the Hill, King of the Mountain when you were kids? No? This is what all boys do. So you have a, a pile somewhere, and, and you go to the top of the mountain, and then everybody's trying to knock you off the top of the mountain. It's harder to stay on the top of your game and to keep the consistency than it is to scale the mountain. It's a lot more fun to scale the mountain, in my opinion, than to stay on top. But once you ascend to the mountain, once you get to that gold chair, how do you stay there? It's by practicing the exact same principles that you did from the red chair, moving to the green chair, from the green chair to the gold chair. So what does it mean? First of all, he says you've got to be willing to give up of yourself. Willing to give up of yourself. Now, all these are going to start with S because I was just kind of in an alliterated mood. So just work with me, all right? Verse 39, he says, and this is one of those verses, honestly, if I could cut out of the Bible, I would. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek also. I don't think so. Anybody else with me on that one? Like, if you come up and slap me, my natural reaction is just to pull out a full can. It is on like Donkey Kong. You better have landed a good punch because, baby, when I get up, boom, I'm going to come at you. That's just my, my, my response. So some of you are you're much more like Jesus than I am. That's okay. That's okay. Right? I'm filtering right now. I can say so many things. The, the, the deal is I don't like that. And honestly, I really wish it wasn't in Scripture. But if I only preached what I, what I liked in the Bible, I wouldn't preach a whole lot, and it would be very short. You might be happy, but, but the Lord wouldn't be. And so, and so the deal is, I'm just being honest. It's like this is just not my natural reaction. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you're going to, if you're going to sit in these seats, if you're going to change seats, if you're going to follow me, you've got to be willing to turn the other cheek. You've got to be willing to give up yourself. It can't be about you. It cannot be about you. And look, we're all busy. We all got things going on. We're all thinking things. And, 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 and the reality is, is, is that there are times where you've got a plan of what you need to do and what, and what you want to do and how you want to do it, but it's not about you. You just turn the other cheek. This past week, I'm, I'm, I'm flying somewhere. I'm on an airplane. It's a little regional jet, a little two, two, two seats, and just everything's there. I'm a big enough guy. The guy sitting next to me is a big guy. They have put me on next to a window, which is not fun at all. Because I, I look at the guy and said, look, man, I'm hugging this window as much as I can. So if, I, my, if my fluffiness just kind of spills over, just <laughs> sorry. And so this guy, he, 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 this guy, he was funny. And so anyhow, he was, he was a talker. Well, I'm not a talker, like especially on an airplane. I'm just kind of doing my business. And honestly, I was going to do my devotional, right? I was doing my soap, my scripture, observation, application, and prayer like we do. And so I'm going through, and I've got my, my notebook out, and I've got my phone out, and I'm just doing that. So a few minutes later, we take off, and he says, you a preacher? And I, I was like, here we go. And I said, yep. And... Uh, and I just want to read my, I keep going, I said, yep, I kind of went back to this. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, this, this ride, you're not going to get this done here. Like, this is not going to be about you. And you can't exactly go, you know what, I don't really want to talk to you. I need to read God's word right now. <laughs> you know? Like, and it wasn't that I was trying to read God's word. It was just, I had a box to check. You know what I'm talking about? Type A, it's like, I need to get this done. 
I'm asking people at Life Church to do this. I need to keep up with mine. I'm, I'm, I'm behind a day or two. And if you've been behind a day or two or a week, you're in good company. That's where I'm at. Ryan Coggins is the only one that's kept it up. But anyhow, so, so the reality is I'm sitting there. And so then this guy begins to ask me everything under the sun. It went from, you know, did Adam and Eve have a, have a belly button to, 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 to how do you think about social issues today to politics. And he's loud. I mean, he's loud. He just come from the, from the NASCAR races. And I mean, he was loud. You know, I mean, could I, am I helping you at all? I mean, he was one of my guys. I mean, just like, whoa. And I'm just, but it was one of those moments where we sat there, and then he began to talk to me, and it was like this full confessional, but everybody on the plane heard him. <laughs> and he's asked me everything about, you know, about the, the uh, sensationism and secessionism. I mean, just all kinds of theological constructs. I'm trying to explain it, and I don't understand that. Now, what do you mean about that? Now, what about this? Now, now what's there between a Baptist and a, and, and, and a Pentecostal? I mean, I'm, I'm going through this, I mean, just over and over and over, and it landed down on one thing. He says in the middle, at the end, he goes, you know, I was raised, and he began to tell me a story. And I'm not living for God the way I should. And the Lord knew, this is a guy that's not working, walking with the Lord, but he was raised in church. The Lord knew that I'd be sitting next to a preacher so close that we're almost sitting on top of each other and that you were going to call me on my stuff. That wasn't my intent. I just wanted to do my, my devotion and leave me alone, right? But it wasn't about me. It was about him. And I began to say, look, man, you know, you know where you're sitting. You know what seat you're in. You get it. You don't need me or anybody else. But I would encourage you. And I just kind of said, what seat? And I kind of walked around the table. What seat are you sitting in? That's your choice, not my choice. Man, I'm in that red chair. I'm in that red chair. I'm in that red chair. Man, I need to get back to that green chair. I like to party. I said, I get it. Man, I like to drink. I get it. I, like, I get it. Man, I got to get back to that. I said, then what do you have to do to get back there? Man, and he just spills his guides. They tell us that we're about to land, prepare ourselves. And he, when we got up to land, and the, you know, the ding, and now you, everybody can stand up. He stands up. I mean, big guy. Stops everybody around him and says, preacher, shakes my hand. He said, you have no idea what today meant to me. God had you in that seat. And I don't even know your name. You just don't know. But you got to be willing to give space. And we're all busy. But you got to be willing to give of yourself. Second thing he talks about is you got to be willing to give of your stuff. It's easy to know how to say it. I know it's not real spiritual, but everybody understands it. Verse 40, he talks about this. You've got to be willing to, to give of your stuff. If someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, then give them your coat as well. Just give them your stuff. Just here it is. Here it is. Whatever you want, here it is. It's not mine. It's okay to have things. It's wrong to have, for things to have you. Don't ever hold so tightly to something that's not eternal. Whether it's a house, it's a car, it's stuff, it's money, just give it. So to help you with this a little bit, uh, as you came in today, you noticed that there was a, uh, a trailer out front that had the Life Center Milwaukee logo on it. And that's because a, a person at Life Church said, hey, we, we, were, we were doing these serve days. And the first serve day, we were able to partner with the city of Milwaukee, which we love to do. And they have these trailers that have all this equipment in it. Well, we just thought, well, this is easy to get because we got it the first time. Little did we know that they're not easy to get. And so we figured, hey, with the second serve day, we had to figure out how to get tools and all this other kind of stuff. And it becomes crazy. And so somebody on the team said, let's, you know, could, could, could we get a trailer? So let's, let's just, let's do 
that. And, and there was somebody that God really kind of spoke to their heart and said, hey, we, I want to give you a trailer because we need one of those because if we're going to keep doing serve days and serving in Sherman Park and serving in the parks and department and those kinds of things, we need to have tools and things that are there ready on the go. So all people have to do at Life Church is show up and just work, which is what we're able to do and what we want to do. And so we got the trailer. Now we need the tools. And so, uh, so on the screen, you're going to see it. There's going to be a lower third that's going to come up that you can actually text this number, and there's a list of every tool. And so between now and September 8th and 9th, that trailer is going to be there every service. It's going to be open, and you can drop off tools, whether you want to go buy and buy them or whether you have them at your house. As I'm looking at the tools that are needed, I'm going, man, I have that, and I'm not using that. I've got two of those. I'd be happy to give one. And don't give me the broken down one that's the shovel that's going to break, right? I don't need anybody to cuss in the middle of doing a serve day. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. All right, so we want to make sure we're giving good and doing that. And so it's just a way to say, hey, I'm just going to give. It's even, I'm not even giving money. I'm just giving of some things and some items that are going to be used. And so we're going to outfit that trailer, and we're going to do all of that, and, and you can be a part of that. Again, that's just a tangible way to live out what I'm talking about. But there are also times in your life where, where, where you, you know, it, it's more than that, and, and God's asking more than that. And, you know, with that trailer, there's also we need a truck. Did I tell you that? Oh, let me go there for a minute. I need a truck. And, and, and we've never bought vehicles at Life Church. We don't buy vans. We just rent them and do things like that because it's just a lot of maintenance and upkeep. But we're at a place where I can't pull that on a bicycle, right, or whatever. And so I need a truck. And so some, once somebody here has a truck, and I just need your truck. Is that I'm asking too much? <laughs> am I asking too much, Matt? Am I asking too much? No, not anybody. Matt says I'm not, so I'm not. All right, so I'm not asking too much. So, and again, if the, whole, if the Spirit convicts two of you to do it, that's fine. We'll take both of them, and we'll give you tax credit, and we'll give the other truck away to somebody that's in need. I'm just saying I think that that's what's going to happen. And again, it's because it's just stuff. You understand what I'm saying? All that stuff's going to burn. These buildings, God doesn't live here. He resides in the hearts and lives of men and women. And, and that trailer is just a tool to be able to use. And the tools that you're going to give are literally going to be tools that we're going to serve the community. And that truck is going to facilitate that being there. And the location that God gave us, don't forget, God gave us a half-million-dollar piece of property nine months ago. And, and, and this time last year, we had no clue we were even going to be going and doing that. And God did that. And he will continue to do that. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about give up. It's about serving. It's about stuff. The last thing is, the next thing is service. Verse 41, he talks about service. It's your, it's your gift of God. It's, if anyone forces you to go one mile, then go two with them. What do you have the ability to do? Are you serving? It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. It's going to cost you to serve. It's going to cost you some physical exertion. You're going to have to get involved in ministry. You're going to have to get involved in the messiness of people's lives. There's, there's going to be phone calls that are going to interrupt things. There's going to be things that are going to interrupt up things. And, and this is just going to happen. And here's the reality is we as a staff are here to serve you. That's what we're here to do. But we're only here to serve you, to equip you to serve the world. That's how it works. The Bible says that we the men, those, those that are called into vocational ministry are called to serve, those of you, marketplace ministry, to go and serve the world. You're the saints of the church. We're not. You're the saints. I'm called to equip you, to serve you, to equip you to do the work of ministry. And so you find, a, here's what my talent is. Here's what my gift is. Here's what, how are you using that to serve? And that doesn't mean you have to serve at Life Church. You may, have a, you may utilize that completely outside of that. That may be your entire life or your job. That's fine. I'm not trying to put it in some little formula. I am saying there are opportunities here for you if you need them and you want them. The grass is cut at Life Church by volunteers. The parking lot set up by volunteers. The seats that you're sitting on 
are all cleaned every week by volunteers. The floors are vacuumed by volunteers. The flo- the, they're mopped by volunteers. The toilets are cleaned by volunteers. The phones are answered by volunteers. Why, why do we do that? Because what we're trying to do is create so many serve opportunities. There's serve opportunities on the platform. There's serve opportunities in life kids, early, early childhood, elementary. There's serve opportunities in, 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 uh, in student life. Uh, there are opportunities in Life Church Youth, I'm sorry. There, there, there's opportunities in missions. There's, there's opportunities all over the place to serve in the inner city, in the suburbs, and you can get out in, in, in the rural. It, it, it doesn't matter. There's places for you to serve. It's just we're here to help you find that place. The next thing he says is salary. I know it's kind of a bad word, but, but it is. Verse 42, is, it's about serving with your salary. Give to the one who asks you, so your income, and, and don't turn away from one who wants to borrow from you. So what, however you want to say that, it, again, it's S, so I just kind of stuck it there. But, but it's, 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 it's about, hey, man, I'm, I'm giving. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I, I work a job, and I receive a salary, and so therefore I'm giving that. And so I'm going to give that to people, and I'm going to do that. And that's your business. Can I tell you that? That's your business. And that may not come through Life Church. That's totally fine. And I don't need to know about it. I'm not your judge. But the reality is, is that we're all blessed to be a blessing. So you see someone that's in need. You see a single parent. You see a missionary or there's a ministry. You, you see a young adult that's trying to struggle to go through college. And, or you see someone who was you years before. Or, or you see someone who is struggling. or You, see, you, you give. You help. You, you, you're blessed to be a blessing. Anyone who asks, you give. Borrow. Lend. Do whatever. And the last thing is spirit. It's a spiritual give up. Verse 43 and verse 44. It's a motive of the heart. The Old Testament, the law said for you to for you basically to, to uh, uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says for us to, to love our enemies and pray for those people that persecute us. We have to spiritually give of ourselves. Verse 44 is a great formula. If you don't want to have bitterness in your heart because you're going to be victimized at some point, or you're going to be a victim, whether you're victimized or not, that's your choice. But you're going to be a victim. You're going to find yourself in a situation where someone speaks poorly of you or talks poorly of you, and, and it hurts your feelings. It hurts you internally. And what you do with that determines whether or not that becomes bitterness and cancerous in your life or not. And the way to, the antidote for that is to pray for people and to love on people and to not let that stick in your spirit because it will destroy you from the inside out. So again, self, stuff, service, salary, spirit, these are all things that we replace the law with an attitude, and it's about us giving up to do what God wants us to do. So let me just end with this sermon by just asking you the question again. What seat are you sitting in? Are you in the red chair? Far away from God? In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer. If you believe the prayer that you're about to pray, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is going to save your soul. He's going to come into your heart, come into your life, and forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all of your wrongdoing, all your unrighteousness. And you're going to make a decision to move from this red chair to this green chair effectively. And you're going to begin this journey to follow Jesus. That's a decision. That's a decision. You're here because the Holy Spirit's drawn you. How do you know that? Because the Bible says no one comes to repentance, no one comes to salvation, except they're drawn up by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's drawn you. But you are in the driver's seat. You are making a choice and a decision. What are you going to do with your life? All these seats are about choice. So you make a decision today. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're in the green chair today. And you've been in this chair for a while. And there's a lot. Most people at Life Church sit in this chair. Probably for longer than what you should. 
Because again, now this power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and now God's power is in you, and that the fruit of the Spirit's compassing your life is there. But you have to cultivate that, grow that, develop that, do all of that. And the question is, are you willing to give of yourself, of your stuff, of your service, of your spirit, of your salary, of whatever Jesus asks, of your time? But I'm busy. We're all busy. We are all busy. Right now, there's a rash of leadership books on, on basically deconstructing the, the chaotic world in which we live in. From the digital world that we live in to the physical world that we live in to the demands that we live in, we're all trying to figure out how to do this. How do we have that, that easy yoke, light burden kind of a life that Jesus talks about? It starts with making a decision. Am I really going to decide that I'm going to go from this chair and move up, that I'm going to, 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 to grow? So in a tangible way, am I going to get involved in a life group? I understand it's busy. It's busy for me. But can I just tell you something? I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor. I'm involved in two life groups currently and have been involved in different types of life groups during the history of the church. And, and the, the reality is, is that there are days, just like your job, that I just want to quit. There are days I don't feel like I'm effective. There's days I feel like that the sermon just kind of dribbles off the edge of the platform. It just puddles up right there. There are days that, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go home and eat worms. Anybody like that, right? Okay. You are. If you're, if you're, you're lying if you don't agree with that. Amen. So um, and we're in church, so just let me remind you. And I go to life group, and I meet with those men at 7 o'clock in the morning at Chick-fil-A, that helps me a little bit too. A little fried chicken in the morning never hurt anybody, amen? <laughs> but I get around those guys and I go, man, I'm so glad I'm at Life Church. Man, I wouldn't know so-and-so if I went, man, this is good. Oh, man, how good and pleasant it is to dwell together with brothers, one another. Remember, the church is not about a building or a time on Sunday morning. It's about relationship. And that's when I have to check my type A personality and go, God never created me for achievement. He created me for relationship. He didn't create me to check a box on the plane. He created me to minister to that gentleman that's sitting next to me that I don't even know his name. Matter of fact, I'm just thinking of that. As I was there in Virginia this past week, I ran to a guy that I haven't seen in a couple of years, and he said, hey, I need to tell you something. He said, could you sit down for a second? I said, sure. He said, it was a couple years ago, and you were in D.C., and you were in a meeting. I said, yeah, 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 I remember that. We were meeting, and he said, and so-and-so was there. I said, yeah. He said, I don't know if you know his story, so he began to tell me his story I didn't know. And he said, but you sat there, and I had totally forgotten this, but as he's talking, it kind of comes back to me. You were on the sidewalk outside the office in the coffee shop where you guys were meeting, and you were getting ready to go back, catch your plane, and go home. And you were sitting there for just a minute, and you just kind of, and he called the guy's name, he said, you just kind of, you were just, the Lord was using you. And he said, um, you began to kind of call him out. Not in a bad way, but just like, man, God's got greater things for you, and this and this and da-da-da-da. And, 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 and he left that meeting, just that interaction with you, and gave his life to Christ. And the gentleman began, that was telling me the story began to cry. And I said, man, I, I said, Dale, I didn't even remember that. And he said, yeah, he, he traces his relationship with Jesus Christ today back to that encounter on that sidewalk in D.C., 
What if I was too busy to catch my plane, too busy to do what I'm doing, too busy? See, some, we, we get caught up in all that. No, no, it's about people. It's about people. And that guy will never attend the church that I, that I pastor. He lives in, he lives in Charleston. He, 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 he's a business guy. I, 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 I met him that one day, interacted with him that one day, had that moment. It was like it was on my heart. I remember it. And I just kind of said, man, I just really feel like, and boom, 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 boom. And that's, that's, the, that's a gifting of the Holy Spirit. That's called word of knowledge, word of wisdom, operating not in a weird way, but right there and on that, on that sidewalk, communicating that to that guy and just telling him that God had a greater plan and, and, and told him how to do that. He goes back and gives his life to Christ. Little did I know that three weeks later he's going to have a heart attack. What happens if I don't have that conversation? Where does he go if I don't have that conversation? I'm just saying, that's what I'm talking about. It's about people. So it's about being in a life group. It's to move from here to here. It's, it's about finding a place to minister and to serve. Why, why is that so important? Because, again, it's better, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Whether you're shaking doors, with, it's not shaking doors, shaking hands of people at the doors, or whether you're checking kids into life kids, or whether you're working with, with, with students in life church youth, or whether you're cleaning toilets, whatever you're doing, whatever your hand finds to do, do as unto the Lord, that you're finding a place to serve because we need you. It's, it's not that I need you. You need this. And so it's about moving from here to here. It's also about you going, hey, you know what? If I'm going to move to this chair, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to begin to give. I'm going to begin to tithe. And then I'm going to give on top of the tithe. Whoa, 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 whoa. If that's your issue, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not busting you on it. Because I do. That, that's a decision and a discussion and a, probably a dilemma that we all face. But is that what you're going to allow yourself to give up from? Again, Jesus in that passage is not asking you to pray more. He's not asking you to have more spiritual disciplines and fast more. Thank God, I wouldn't like that either. He's asking us to give of all that we have and everything that we have to people, not just that like us and love us, but people that hate us and persecute us. That's what he says. Don't let something so small as money and things and stuff keep you from maturing in your faith. But trust him. Trust him. And if you're in this gold chair, to stay in this gold chair, you're at the top. It makes a concerted decision to continue to sit here. And I'm going to be here at Life Church. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be in a life group. Because it's not about me. It's about these people. If you're in this seat, and you know it. I don't, you don't need anybody else to tell you. But if you're in this seat, the reality is, is you realize church isn't about you. The weekend sermon's not about you. The worship isn't about you. The program is not about you. And you're okay with that. Why? Because you know that when you serve others, who serves you? God. When you serve other people, God serves you. And you're mature enough in your faith that you're a self-feeder. You don't need to go find another place. I need to be fed. The only thing that cannot feed itself is a baby. When you go from one church to another church because you're not being fed, that is one of the poorest excuses I've ever heard. I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't hold any theological weight because what it says is you don't have the, the strength and the capacity to pick up the fork and the knife and use it yourself. Ooh, I'm preaching good. I know that's why it's quiet in here. It's okay. I have raised my daughters in church. And raise them with the ideology and the theology that church is not about them. It's about people far away from God. And it's amazing to me how God uses a weekend message that is not meant for mature Christ followers and for mature Christ followers to grow and develop every week. I was raised in church where 
I remember my senior year in high school, the church split. I mean, there was a huge church fight. It was nasty. I've seen my father cry three times in my lifetime. That was the second time I'd ever seen my dad cry. And he stood at the altar of the front of the church with his hands, with his head in his hands, sobbing. And my dad is not an emotional individual. But when I did all I could do, I did all I could do. He was a board member. I did all I could do. The last thing I wanted to do with my life was be a pastor. Oh, dear God, I grew up in church and saw people gripe and fight about things that didn't make any difference. And they didn't care about the people in this seat. And they only liked the people in this seat if they had the ability to do something for them. And they thought they sat here when really they were in the eye chair. So when we began to, God began to speak to our heart about pastoring, the thing that we knew we were going to do is, is, that, is that the only way for a church to be healthy is not to be about itself. It's to be about the mission. Go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. That's the great commission. What Jesus commissions the church to do is not pray more, not have more Bible studies, not sing Kumbaya more, not have cantatas and choirs and disco lights and all the stuff that we do on a weekend. It's not about being hip and cool and chasing cool. It's about loving people that are far away from him. Because that's what he did. Again, it goes back to the table. So we just decided we were going to be about lost people. And anybody that was going to come to Life Church, if they were mature Christ followers... And we need them, but they're going to be about lost people. And there are times through the years that people have left this table because we're focused too, on, too much on lost people and too much on... I had one guy say to me years ago, he said, when are we going to get big enough for you? And I said, when the entire city is saved and then we'll move to the state. It's not about numbers. I don't care about numbers. I care about the people that are sitting here and the people that are sitting here and the Holy Spirit's drawing them and we have a responsibility and woe be to us if all we do is take care of ourselves and we just take care of our own appetites and our own desires and our own stuff and it's just about us and we're just become a bunch of navel-gazing, kumbaya, go-to-hell Christians. I want to pastor a church that if that church is gone tomorrow, the city knows it. If that church doesn't exist, the community knows it. If that church isn't there, the metropolitan area feels it. Not because I'm a great preacher, not because we're on TV, not because of how much money we give, but because we're making a difference in the hearts and lives of men and women and boys and girls around the corner and around the world. Amen? And you know what the crazy thing is? Is I've raised my daughters in a church that's not about them. It's about people far away from God. My girls have never come home, 16 and 20, and they never said, Dad, those church people are vicious. All they know of you is how awesome you are. Think about that. They've never seen a church fight. They've never been in a situation where they're like, Dad, the, there's... This is going on. That's going on. And no, they love to come to church and they love to come to the table. And they, they've got to figure out their own salvation and walk it out with fear and trembling. But the reality is, is that what's amazing to me is that this is the grand, most grand experiment in the world that we didn't do church for us. We didn't do church to try to keep our kids in some holy conclave and some holy huddle and just protect them. No, we're like, this is what it's about and this is what it's about. And we're going to take you on mission trips and we're going to serve people and we're going to go to, 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 to third world nations and we're going to love people and we're going to help and we're going to go to the highways and the byways and we're going to go, we're going to go up north and down south and east and west and we're going to go and we're going to do because that's what it's all about. And the amazing thing to me is, is that they have been raised and your kids have been raised and they haven't missed anything and yet nothing's been about them. How does that happen? It's the upside down kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, 33. Then all these things shall be added unto you. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, everything else comes into play. Hey, 
God wants you to be blessed. Hey, God wants your family to, to, to not just survive, but he wants you to thrive. He, 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 he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Remember, we started at the very beginning. We believe in a God that created the heavens and the earth. We believe in a God that created you and I. We believe in a God that loves us so much that he gave his one and only son. And that Jesus didn't just come to give us his life for the sweet by and by, but also for the here and now. And that's life change. And it's been so powerful in my life that I want everybody possible to come to the table and to experience it and to have that life change. So what seat are you sitting in? And are you willing to give up to go to that next seat? And if you're in the gold seat, are you willing to re-up yourself? Just one more time, I'm going to re-up. I'm going to reaffirm my commitment and say, Lord, here I am. It's yours. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today, Lord, for for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I I pray and I thank you, Lord, today for how simple this is. This is what we're called to do. How much better would our world be if this is how we lived and did life? That we prayed for people that persecuted us, that we turned the other cheek and we powered down, if we, if we simply just gave and gave with abundance, gave with extreme generosity, that we gave of our time and our talent and our treasure, that we, that we served and that we did, not just inside the church, but outside the church. How awesome would it be for us here at Life Church? We can't control anybody else. We can only control us. But that we all make a decision to get to that gold chair and to make that decision to, to, to come into faith in Christ and to grow in our faith in Christ and grow in our maturity. And that we, because the bigger that seat gets, the more room there is. Because we're serving a bigger group of people that are far away from you and people that are coming new in their faith into you and people that are growing. It just grows the kingdom. This is what you told the disciples, is to go. And not just see people get saved, but make disciples of all men. That's discipleship, moving chairs, growing in our faith and developing that. So we get to a place where life is not about us. Where we are with Paul to live as as Christ and to die as gain. There is no downside. All that we have is yours, God. I pray help us today in Jesus' name.